This year, I am focused on saving and investing, but I still want to do things like travel. NerdWallet lets you compare top travel credit cards side-by-side to maximize your spending, some even offering 10 times points on your spending, which means you could end up with a free flight or maybe a better hotel room. So what could future you do with smarter financial decisions? Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Do you want to set your child up for success? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed to help them really understand and master topics in a fun way with positive feedback. Well, I know with Eleanor, when she was struggling so much with math, if she had been able to do online learning at home, she would have been much better able to keep up with class, and that would have just made the whole situation much easier for her. Don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And half your listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com happier. Visit IXL.com happier to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Hello and welcome to Happier, a podcast that gives you strategies and tips for building happier habits into your daily life. This week, we'll talk about planning a secret date, and we'll talk to the brilliant writer and thinker Susan Cain, author of Quiet, The Power of Introverts in a World That Can't Stop Talking, and the founder of The Quiet Revolution. I'm Gretchen Rubin, a writer who studies happiness, good habits, and human nature. I'm in New York City, and with me is my sister, Elizabeth Kraft, and I got a big kick recently out of an email that said, hugs to you and the sage, with the word sage capitalized. Elizabeth, I love this. This is your new nickname. You're the sage. (laughs) That's me, Elizabeth Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in L.A., and Gretchen, now I feel like I need to be extra wise. So I'm going to try really hard today. Yeah, always, always. (laughs) Now, I have to thank everyone, Gretchen, because in a recent episode, I mentioned that I needed to figure out my whole jewelry situation uh, in my new closet, how to uh, keep my jewelry in a way where I can actually see it and use it and not just wear the same thing every day, which is what I usually do. And we got so many suggestions from people about what the perfect jewelry box is. It was amazing Um, and with pictures, which was very helpful. So thank you, everyone. And so do you have a a philosophy of how you're going to approach your jewelry? Well, it's still in progress, but um, because of the podcast, I actually ended up getting a really nice big jewelry box from my friend Corrine, who heard me talk about this and happened to have an extra um, <laughs> so. that she'd not known what to do with because she didn't need it. So Perfect. I've got that. And then you sent me a really beautiful jewelry box. So now I feel like I'm covered in jewelry boxes. A lot of people suggested a sort of over-the-closet jewelry armoire, and I don't have the spot for that, but I think these, between these two, um, I've got a shelf I can put them on that's easily accessible. I think I will be all right. Excellent. Yeah, it was great that people had so many very different suggestions about how to 
hack that issue. Yes, clearly it's something yeah. <laughs> many struggle with. So yes. I'm not alone. Yes, yes, yes. As we so often discover. Um, yes. yeah. And Alyssa, this week our Try This at Home, we got it from our listener, Kelly, who's originally from Kansas City. So excellent. Yay. Kansas Cityan. Kelly said, I wanted to share something my husband and I do that has been a huge happiness boost in my life. Each month we trade off planning a secret date for the other person. The rules are the date doesn't have to be extravagant, but should take a little thought and should be planned with the other person in mind. We have had so much fun with this. It is nice to take some time to think about what your spouse would enjoy doing and to surprise them with the date. It is also fun being surprised. I find as an adult, I plan so much of my time that a surprise now and then is really a treat. We've even started taking a photo of each date to compile as part of our year-end photo album. This sounds so fun. I know. They sound like really fun people. Yeah, they, they? do. <laughs> yes. Yes. But Elizabeth, the, the the sad fact is, I think you and I don't think we could get our husbands to, get, <laughs> to go along with it. I think I sent something to Jamie and he just didn't answer. I was like, how do you oh, feel yeah. about this? <laughs> Which he, he never answers my emails. So that's... That's that's part of his annoying questioner is that he never answers my questions, which is a very questioner ten thing. Um, but uh, he he didn't answer. He did not go for that. Did you suggest it to Adam? Well, I didn't because I know Adam will like this because Adam doesn't like making plans. So oh yeah, the last thing he would want to do is for either of us to plan a secret date because he if it's something he knows is on the calendar, he has immediate anxiety. So ah. he would not enjoy something where it was like, okay, eight o'clock on Wednesday night, you know, yeah. we're at this spot. So, but I love this idea that you, the secret date, you know, doesn't have to be with a spouse. No. I and mean, you could do this with a friend or a sibling or a parent. You don't, well, it's sort of like what you and Eliza do, isn't it? This is exactly what Eliza and I do. We call it the Wednesday adventure. So so this started when she was in seventh grade because she was walking to and from school by herself and she had started to be have more homework and more activities. So I felt like I wasn't getting enough one-on-one -on -one time with her. Mm. And so what we started was very much like the secret date. So every Wednesday, I would pick her up from school and then we would take turns picking a destination. And if, if it was her turn, she had to figure out how to get there. Ooh. And she had to do that part of the planning. And it was really, really fun. We went all over New York City. We saw, because a lot of times, you know, you're like, oh, it'd be really good. It would be really fun to check check out something, but then you just never do. And this gave us a way to do it. But the thing is, we stopped doing it when she was in 11th grade because she just had so much homework and she had more activities mm. and um, there just wasn't time. But recently, this semester, her schedules opened up, and so we started doing it again. And of all places, we went to do the Ghostbusters 2 virtual <laughs> reality exhibit at Madame Tussauds. That nice. was That's what she picked. It was tons of fun. Um, so it was like after school, we went down to Times Square, went to Madame Tussauds, put on those virtual reality packs. And it's real. It is really fun. So it's it's a, like you say, it's a sweetheart thing, but it, it's not necessarily a sweetheart thing. 
It's also nice because it goes with another one of our try this at homes, which was um, be like a tourist in your own yes. town. Yes. So it definitely, if you're planning something, it encourages you to go out of your comfort zone. I mean, if you're planning a secret date and you're like, oh, surprise, we're going to the same Italian restaurant <laughs> we've gone to once a week for the last five years, that's not much of a secret date. Yeah. So it pushes you to do things they haven't done before or don't often do. Right. And that's the idea that novelty and challenge make people happier, even though we often will default to the familiar and the easy. In the end, you're happier when you do new things and try new things and and push yourself a little bit. And so this is a way to do it kind of on a regular schedule. I bet that um, Kelly and her husband are probably quality time people in the you know, the, we did an episode on the five love languages. Yes. And this does seem like something really well suited for people who have quality time as their, yes. as their love language. Well, and this is something that you might think about is if, you're, if your sweetheart is quality time and you're not, but, this, but you could imagine yourself doing this. Like clearly if it's totally against your grain, like Adam, just, this would just completely rub him the wrong way. But if you could imagine yourself doing this, this might be a way to give your spouse that quality time that he or yeah. she is craving in a way that might seem natural to you. Because one of the things we talked about with the five love languages is it, it's not always natural for you to speak that other person's love language. So you, you kind of have to figure out ways to do it. Yeah. But here's something I was thinking, Elizabeth, and, you know, I often feel like a killjoy. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I have a very definite killjoy aspect to my personality. And this is a killjoy thing I'm going to suggest, but I would say if you're thinking about doing a secret date, one thing that people will often pick, and it's a very obvious, easy thing to do, is to tie it to some kind of special food. Like, I'm going to mm. pick up my son from school and we're going to go get a big ice cream cone or my, right. my, you know, my sweetheart and I are going to go out and we're going to have like, you know, a fancy drink and a dessert at this place. And I just feel like a lot of times that seems easy and fun and it's easy to come up with those ideas. But then sometimes maybe then, oh, you want to eat healthier or you want to cut right. back on your drinking. But then it feels like, well, the whole fun of the secret date is ruined now because you feel like you're depriving mm-hmm. yourself of something essential. Right. So instead, do something. Here's the here's a virtuous secret date. Um, go on like a night hike. Oh, no. Well, but I'm not, saying, <laughs> I'm not saying. I mean, that that is one thing. But just like, you know, when we were talking about the, our very controversial discussion about the evil donut bringers, and you made a really excellent point, which is if you want to make the gesture of sending something to the office, there, send Legos, send word magnets, like think of something else, like just push yourself to think of something that's not just the fancy cupcakes. And I think with the secret date, like going to a museum or you're going to a movie or you're going to right you're doing uh, you know going to a new neighborhood or or i I, you know i am a little bit of a killjoy i do yeah you are but at the same time (laughs) uh for people who are trying to be healthier cut certain things out it's good to realize you can have fun without those things and maybe this is a way to help you get started on that yes yes absolutely i think it's a great idea i would love to hear people's ideas for secret dates it's terrific. Yes. Thank you, Kelly. Yeah, yeah, Good yeah. Good idea. So let us know if you try it. Um, Twitter, Facebook. Email us at podcast at com, Or as always, you can find any kind of links or information at happiercast.com slash 107. This is episode 107. 
The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe without spending a fortune, and luckily I found Quince. Elizabeth, I got the Flowknit Wide Leg Pant. It's very light. It's perfect for the summer. It packs very easily. I recently went on a trip with my family, and I took it with me, and they were just the thing to wear on a really hot day where I wanted to be covered up, but I wanted something that looked great and also was very comfortable. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to Quince.com slash Gretchen for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Gretchen to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash Gretchen. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and free. And, you know, Elizabeth, I now work with a team and hiring the right people is so important. It's maybe the most important thing. And LinkedIn makes the process of identifying and hiring people easy and intuitive. I know that when I've been hiring for my team, it's hard to find quality candidates to interview. And LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Gretchen. That's linkedin.com slash Gretchen to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Now, Elizabeth, it's time for our happiness hack. And this is a great hack from a very kind listener. But I have to say, I forgot his or her name. I forgot to copy it. So, listener, I'm very sorry that you are, yeah. you are appearing anonymously. We value your input. I'm sorry that I lost your name. Yes. If you hear this, uh, yes, let us tell, <laughs> write it and tell us your name. And we'll give you credit. <laughs> this listener says, I often find that I simply don't have time to listen to podcasts that I like or audiobooks that interest me. I feel like it is cheating to listen to the abridged version of anything. Or I have 15 minutes in which I can listen to something, but whatever I am listening to is a little longer than that. To get my podcast fix in, I listen at 1.5 times the speed or sometimes two times the speed. This way I can hear the whole podcast on my drive to work and have a sense that I have accomplished something else besides just the task at hand. It keeps me moving also because the voices I am hearing are moving quickly. So I've heard about a few people who do this, Gretchen. I know a ton of people who do this because I know a lot of people who listen to a lot of podcasts and also a lot of audiobooks, and they swear by it. And if you're not really sure how to do this, like if you've got an iPhone, you'll see if you bring up the podcast screen, it says 1x, one times. And if you tap that, it will go to one and a half times, and then it will go to two times. And so it's, it's a very easy thing to do, and a lot of people really swear by it. I keep saying I'm going to try it, and I haven't, so now I really should at least try it uh, once and see if I like it. 
Well, and you've got so much time in the car that if and you know if you li- if you got one and a half times more in, you you'd really dramatically increase your listening. I would, yeah. Yeah, I've got like almost two hours a day. I know, I know. Well, um, <laughs> another thing for podcasts, there's this very cool thing um, that podcasters are doing, which is tripod. Then that's T-R-Y-P-O-D, you know, like tripodcasts. And this is for the month of March. We're really encouraging everybody, you know, if there's podcasts that you love to help spread the word. So think of somebody in your life it's a friend, it's a family member, it's somebody you work with, and you can think of like the perfect podcast for them, like, you know, like Jamie with his Bill Simmons podcast. Like, it just makes him so, so, so happy. Tell that person about the podcast, and maybe they don't know how to listen to a podcast. Pull out their phone and, and show them how they can get it because there's so much great stuff out there, and people just don't always know how to listen to it or what to listen to, and so you can be the person that helps them find it, whether they listen to it at normal speed, one and a half speed, mm-hmm. or two times speed. Yeah, I did that for my the woman um, highlighting my hair the other day, Gretchen. Oh. You know, every eight months, I get my hair cut, whether I need it or not. <laughs> And it was last week, and uh, I she pulled out her phone, and I went, I I showed her the whole podcast app and the whole thing. So, I'm doing my part for tripod. Th- that's excellent. That's excellent. And if you do it, um, it's fun to let everybody know which podcast you're recommending. So you can use the hashtag tripod t r y p o d, and then it's fun to see what are the podcasts that everybody's recommending. So, um, so give that a try. Tr- give that a tripod. <laughs> <laughs> Gretchen, it is time for an interview, and today we get to talk to Susan Kane, who's calling in from her home in the Hudson Valley. Yes. Now, I have known Susan for many years. I remember uh, sitting in a cafe with her and her telling me about the book she was working on, which I thought sounded brilliant. And that eventually became the enormous bestseller, Quiet, The Power of Introverts in a World That Can't Stop Talking. And with that book, she ignited this quiet revolution. She has a quiet schools network, quiet leadership network. There's a website that has tremendous amount of resources called quietrev.com. And she even has a nine-episode podcast called Quiet, The Power of Introverts with Susan Cain, which is focused on introverts and children. And what I love about Susan's work is that her point is It's not that one person's way is right and another person's is wrong or that one way of being is better, but just that we all need to understand ourselves so we can look for the circumstances and systems that will work for us. And, you know, we talk about this all the time, Elizabeth, that when we understand ourselves better, we can do a better job managing ourselves and we can also get along with other people better. Yes. Yeah. So it's fantastic to be able to talk to Susan Kane. Yes. Susan, thanks so much for being here. Welcome. Thanks for having me. Uh, Well, Susan, let us ask you, you know, one thing that we talk a lot about on this podcast is the value of knowing yourself better, which obviously is a lot of what you do. Um, And this is such an obvious question, but I'm sure many of our listeners will want to hear your answer, which is what exactly makes someone an extrovert or an introvert? Oh, yeah. Well, you know, probably a lot of your listeners have heard before the idea that it's a question of where do you get your energy um, mm. and that mm-hmm. we all kind of have batteries that charge or deplete differently and extroverts batteries get charged up by social life and introverts could be very socially skilled, but have batteries that get drained by social life. Mm. And all of that, I think, is really true and helpful. But I think it's also incredibly illuminating to realize that 
that battery idea is a metaphor for what's happening neurobiologically. And the fact is that we're really mm. wired differently with introverts being wired to um, prefer quieter environments and, and extroverts the opposite. And how do you think that this this distinction among people plays into happiness? I mean, is it a matter of if you can create the circumstances that favor you? Or, or how do you think it, it fits into this larger issue of how someone has a happy life? Yeah. So yes, I do believe that a lot of a happy life has to do with knowing who you are, mm. understanding the conditions in which you'll thrive. Um, I often say that the secret to life is putting yourself in the right lighting. Yes. You know, because, right? <laughs> yes. I mean, yes. That's very Hollywood too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it, it's so true. Like you take the same exact person and they can, you know, just be at the top of their game and a total superstar full of serenity in setting A, you know, and you put them in setting B and they wilt. And I can tell you like with the introversion stuff, probably the number one comment that I hear from people is that the idea of introversion being a power gives them finally the permission to be themselves. And so there's like a lot of people walking around the world feeling like it is not okay to be me. And I don't think it's possible to be happy and feel that way. Well, I think I think that's exactly right. And it seems like something that comes up over and over is people being told in any respect, like the way that you are isn't the right way. You should be able to do this mm -hmm. other thing. It's better to be this way than that way. Instead of just saying, how do we create a situation in which you thrive? Um, and so what do you think, it, it, for people who do identify with the more introverted qualities, what are some steps that they can take that maybe they wouldn't have realized they could take or even conceived of that would help them create an environment? Or if not for them, maybe for their employees or their children or their students or, or however they might run into somebody who might prefer a different kind of environment and thrive in a different kind of environment. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I do think that the first step is it's kind of a, a psychological one. and It's the idea of first feeling entitled to be who you are, because mm. once you do feel mm. that sense of entitlement, I think you'll find that you start structuring your days completely differently. Mm. You know, because once it's okay with yourself to be you, um, you will start doing things like okay, you know what? I think I'm going to make sure that every day I take a walk by myself or mm -hmm. I think mm -hmm. I'm looking at my calendar for tomorrow and I realize that it's back-to-back -back meetings all morning. So um, I'm not going to agree to that lunch date. Um, right. Even if it might be a good thing to do, you know, I, I know I'll be happier in the end if I um, just take a quiet lunch by myself. So it's things like that. When I remember that you talking about summer camp and how something like people are sort of like, all kids like summer camp. And you were like, actually, there's a lot about some summer camps that an introverted child would not enjoy. It's not like things are inherently fun or this is the way creative people behave. It's, it has to be a fit. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and, and there are tweaks that you can make, too. So like with your summer camp example, you know, there are some summer camps where the kids are really programmed all day long from start to finish. And it's a very hyped up environment. And then you have other camps where um, maybe there are fewer campers, or maybe they um, have much more optional and elective time to choose the path that they want to choose. Or maybe the environment's a little less hyper. So, you know, you take the same exact kid and they're, they're, it's just what we were talking about earlier. They're happy in camp A and not happy in camp B. So it's really thinking about, you know, how do you get that kind of person environment fit? Right. 
And Susan, do you think in general the world is sort of set up for extroverts or is it fairly easy to to make your environment work for you if you're an introvert? I think it's a little bit of both. And I often use the analogy of women living in a men's world. Mm. We're certainly living in an environment still, even after all these years, that is more set up for men in many ways. Um, But, you know, like if you're a woman who's thoughtful about it, you can kind of figure out how to make it all work (laughs) in a lot of different Mm -hmm. settings. Um, And I think the same is true with introverts and extroverts. Um, Our schools and our workplaces are for sure set up in general to accommodate extroverts. And if you're thoughtful about it, you can, as an introvert, really figure out ways to thrive. Now, it seems like one thing people sometimes conflate is introversion and shyness. And I know in your book, you make the point that they they are not synonymous. So how do you think about those two different ideas? Yeah. So introversion is much more about this question of where do you get your energy um, with introverts usually preferring to have more time in kind of quieter environments. Um, And shyness is much more about the fear of social judgment and a kind of feeling of anxiety in social situations. Um, For shy people, often they'll look at another person's face and they'll attribute to that person uh, disapproval, even when it's not there, they'll kind of read it in because mm. they're they're so you know attuned to look out for it. Um, and so, in practice, there are many introverts who are shy and vice versa, but there are plenty who aren't. And mm-hmm. then you know, and then there's plenty of extroverts who are shy. Mm-hmm. So it's mm. it, it's really interesting. We you know, it's kind of this constellation of traits, but it's not a total overlap. Well, it's interesting because a friend of mine has a son who's very extroverted and also shy. And it's interesting to hear how that kind of manifests itself in something like the classroom, because it's sort of not what you think or what you expect, but it's it happens. Um, So it's interesting to think about the overlap or or, and and not necessarily an overlap. Yeah. And probably for him, I'm guessing, you know, once he's comfortable with the kids and the teacher, he probably really opens up. So I'm yes. guessing, you know, the start of every yes. school year, he's probably really quiet. And then all of a sudden, you know, watch out. Yes. No. And I think that's you've exactly described how 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 that works out. Now, Susan, there's an amazing story that I would just love for you to tell, which is you were afraid of public speaking and you were invited to give a TED talk, which is like yeah. the biggest, most high profile speech a person can make. It's an amazing career opportunity. So just um, tell that story, because I think a lot of people will take comfort in what you experienced uh, going through that. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, OK. So for one thing, you know, I, I do think getting invited to give that talk is such a big thing that you can't really yeah. say no. Um, <laughs> So I knew there had to be some other approach. But what I say to people is like, you really cannot start out by giving the TED Talk. That cannot be the first thing you do if you're afraid (laughs) of public speaking. So the year before that talk, I actually did what I called my year of speaking dangerously. Um, (laughs) Oh, that's great. Yeah. And it like, you know, and it's based on these principles in psychology of uh, desensitization, which means if you're afraid of something, you desensitize yourself to the fear by exposing yourself to it in very small doses. So I uh, joined Toastmasters and I, I took this seminar for um, people with public speaking anxiety. It was fantastic. Fantastic. You know, on, on the first day of the seminar, all you actually do is like stand up, say your name and then sit down again, you know, and then the next uh-huh. week you come back and, and it, you might go in front of the room and they'll ask you questions like, 
where, where did you grow up? Where did you go to school? You know, so really easy stuff to answer. And then you sit back down and, you know, you just work it up little by little by little from there. Um, and you do find over time that, you know, for, for those of your listeners who know what I'm talking about, um, that horror of having so many eyes on you. Mm-hmm. I know listeners who feel this way that you probably think this will never go away. Um, I certainly thought that, but actually it really mostly can. Mm. Really can. And your TED Talk went on to be this just massive, I mean, how many people have seen it now? I mean, millions. Oh, uh, yeah. I think it's up to 15 or 16 million. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Mm, wow. Yeah. You know, I, of course, am not one of them because I really don't <laughs> like to watch it. <laughs> but I, I don't know. I, I have to say that even after doing that whole year of speaking dangerously that I told you about, um, the TED Talk itself was still this otherworldly experience. You know, it was kind of scary to yeah, do. Of course. Oh, yeah. I mean, you must have, I would feel like I was going to pass out. I, I can't even imagine. Well, I don't know. I don't even really remember it. It was, <laughs> <laughs> it was all so heightened that yes. I think I've blocked it out like childbirth. Right, right, right. <laughs> I have a question, Susan. What I we I took your quiz on your site about you know are you an extrovert introvert? I got ambivert. What is what it, does that mean? Anything you know that I should do, or it's just, or I don't have to worry about it. I'm an ambivert too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I often think people like you have the best of both worlds. You know, because you probably kind of have access to the strengths of both ways of being. Um, but in terms of what to do about it, it depends a little bit on whether you're the kind of ambivert who, um, can switch on and off at will, you know, which way you're going to be, or Mm. is it just that in certain circumstances, I'm in my introvert mode or in certain circumstances, I'm in my extrovert mode and you don't even really have control over which mode you're in, you know? Mm. Um, so a lot of it depends on that. And if it's the latter, then then I think you really you'd be approaching it just the way any introvert or extrovert would in terms of trying to kind of um, maximize the uh, the amounts of time that you're in the environment that works for you. Mm. Right. That makes sense. Now, uh, Susan, we always ask our interviewees if they have a try this at home that they would suggest to listeners. Do you have a try this at home that you would propose? Yeah, I would. And I'll tell you, it's this is really how I came to start writing in the first place. Um, I mean, I was always drawn to writing, but I was also really drawn to sitting around in cafes. Mm. (laughs) And um, and I'm not sure at the beginning, which came first exactly. Like I, I, it was like writing was this amazing reason for being able to sit for hours (laughs) in a sunny cafe Mm -hmm. window and have a latte and some sweets. And, um, And so I really started my writing career by doing that kind of day after day after day after day, always in the cafe. And I tell you this because over time I came to, in a Pavlovian way, associate writing with this amazing pleasure. Ah. And so now, even if I don't have the cafe or the latte, I still, I still prefer those conditions, (laughs) but even if I don't have them, I really just love writing. And I think it's partly because I conditioned myself, um, not intentionally, but it just sort of happened. I, I conditioned myself to associate it with pleasure. So I say to your listeners, for those of you who have creative projects that you've been wanting to do, and I think that's almost everybody, you know, I, I would try to practice those creative projects in 
conditions of as much pleasure and gratification as you can. Mm. Because it's going to make it much more likely that you actually do them. Mm. Right. Well, in my in my book, Better Than Before, I talk about the strategy of convenience, um, which is we're more likely to do things if they're convenient. But an aspect of convenience is, is it incredibly pleasant? Do we have beautiful tools? Like, you know, is it easy? All these aspects of pleasure and that something feels like, you know, I love being here. This is such a this is such a delight that makes that habit kick in more easily. Exactly. Now, Susan, it seems like a, a lot of people um, are really interested in understanding their children better because they feel like they want to help their children thrive and create an environment. And I know you did that podcast series specifically on this issue, which has got tremendous information for people. But if you could give like, you know, what are your like top three concrete tips for parents or teachers that kind of come up over and over again when you're talking to audiences um, who are interested in this aspect of it? So one thing is to understand that quieter children, whether shy or introverted, they have a longer runway that they have to travel down before mm. they take off and fly. Um, mm. So parents will often say, well, like, should I let my child stay home if they don't want to do a thing? And the answer is not to overprotect them. Mm. Um, but it is mm. to understand that it's natural for them for it to take them longer often to feel comfortable. So like if you take the example of it, a child who is uncomfortable about learning how to swim, um, you know, the answer is, okay, it is not to say, well, you don't have to learn, but it might be to say, okay, we're going to visit the pool at a time when it's really quiet mm -hmm. and do that over and over again until you feel comfortable. And maybe, you know, I'll, I'll teach you privately a little bit before you're splashing around in the big group lesson. And if, if you follow that kind of approach, then ultimately you won't be able to tell apart uh, later on the child who plunged into the water at the beginning from the one who took longer. Um, but what your child really needs to know is that that long runway is okay with you. Mm. Mm. This is just part of life. This is a matter of fact thing, which leads me actually to a second tip, which is to say, you know, when, when your child is talking to you about those kinds of struggles, just to be matter of fact about it. Like, um, you want to acknowledge them, but also communicate, oh, this is no big deal. This is part of life. Um, you know, here's what, here's what I do when I'm feeling uncomfortable about walking into a big party. Um, you know, I sometimes feel this way and I use these tricks. And so you're letting your child know this is natural and you're on their side. And then a third thing, speaking of big parties, is to try to show up early for events. Mm. We talked about that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a huge thing. Uh, you, like, you want your child to feel a sense of ownership in the place that they're going mm -hmm. to. So it's not like they're entering a noisy, cacophonous um, situation that they have to navigate. And instead, they're entering when it's quiet. And then the other people are kind of coming in into and greeting them in the space that they already inhabit. So this this is true for parties. This is true for first day of school. It's true for, you know, trying out for a sports team. Uh, you always want to get there early. So helpful. That's great advice. So Susan, thanks so much for talking to us. Um, again, we're talking to Susan Kane, who wrote the amazing, brilliant uh, book, Quiet, The Power of Introverts in a World That Can't Stop Talking. You can go to quietrev.com if people want to follow up and hear more about your ideas. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks, Susan. Thank you for having me. It was great to talk to the two of you. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. 
We all carry around different stressors, big and small, and when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe place to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Gretchen, when I started my career, therapy really helped me work through all of my stresses so that I was able to concentrate at work and do a good job. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Gretchen Rubin today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Gretchen Rubin. Okay, Gretch, it is time for demerits and gold stars. You are up this week with a happiness demerit. Yes, I have a demerit related to my laptop. Mm. So I don't work in an office. um, And so I don't have any kind of tech support or or anyone helping me. So I have outside help, a company that I work work with, Manhattan Home Networks, that helps me with all my technical stuff and my computers and my laptops, whatever. So I was having a huge amount of trouble with my laptop, which I will not go into. But um, so I got a new laptop. Now, this is where the demerit comes in. This has happened Mm. to me several times, and it always unfolds in exactly the same way, which (laughs) is I have to get a new laptop, and then somebody comes from Manhattan Home Networks who will, like, download all the software that I need. I have all this incredible syncing stuff to make sure that that what I work on on my laptop syncs up with my desktop. I've all, you know, just the different stuff. So. And every time that happens, when I open up my laptop to use it for the first time, something is unfamiliar and extremely off-putting. It's changed in some way. And very often, it's the size of the of just the screen. Like, everything is smaller. And mm. the demerit is, this happens every time. So why don't, when the guy is there, why don't I open up the laptop and say, like, let me just play around on here for five minutes and see if anything needs adjusting. Because he would be yes. right there and could fix it. But no, for some reason, this whole process makes me very anxious. And so I'm always like, I want to get this over with all, you know, and then like go to bed immediately and then not look at the laptop for like three days because I just need to get, Mm. you know, acclimated to the idea that my old laptop, which is like a pet to me, is gone. And now I have this new unfamiliar laptop. And then and that's what exactly what happened. Everything is tiny. It's like all the print is tiny. And I know, you know, how you do the whatever control plus and the whole thing gets bigger, but it gets way too much bigger. So then the screen doesn't fit on the laptop screen. It it bleeds off the edges. There is a way to fix this because this happens every time. I don't remember how to fix it. And I'm just like, why don't I take the five minutes right then? And having said this to you now, Mm -hmm. I vow I will not allow this to happen again because it's maddening. And now I... I can barely read what's on my on my screen. And what I would say is take your own advice to a scheduling thing where right when he gets there, before you're all anxious and just wanting to get them out, say, do not leave without us sitting down and me looking at the laptop so that you're sort of doing a mini scheduling. That is a brilliant idea. That is a brilliant idea because there's always this mother like, well, is that everything? And I'm always like, yes, that's everything, please. <laughs> yes. I don't know why I find it so unsettling, but it's like really like somebody is like rummaging around in my innards. I don't like that feeling. But you're right. I should just commit to that person. We are going to have this time where this is going to. You're right. I would stick to that. I would. 
I have the same thing with remote controls. Oh, I feel God. like we're constantly getting new remote controls and somebody is setting it up and they leave and we have no idea how to work. We haven't watched a DVD in, you know, six years. It's so confusing. Because we don't know how to work the remote control. Yeah. I can barely use the television. But um, but anyway, Alyssa, that's, that's okay. So I have a plan. I gave myself a demerit. I earned that demerit. But now I have a plan to be free from it forever. Um, so what is your gold star? Well, my gold star, Gretchen, um, is for rain, uh, Los Angeles rain. I don't know if you've been following the news, but after this incredible drought we've been going through, and we're still in a drought technically, but for the last many weeks, we have had consistent rain and LA is like a totally different place. Basically, it looks like Hawaii now. Oh. It's so green. Everywhere you go, there's just green hills where there had been just a dry brown, you know, dust. It looks totally different and it's beautiful and it's really putting everybody in a good mood. Everyone's just constantly walking around talking about how beautiful it is. And we needed that rain so badly. Well, what did Jack think of it? I remember one time we were in Kansas City and he was he said, somebody's turning on a light in the sky on and off because he had never seen lightning <laughs> before. What does he think of all this rain? Yeah, he loves it. He loves the rain. Um, he, I keep asking him, are you sick of the rain yet? And he says, no. Um, so he's really enjoying it. And, you know, he also, it changes things up at school. Like they get to watch movies in the classroom instead of being outside. Oh, um, so he's enjoying that. <laughs> well, and also I remember when he was telling me at a school that they eat outside. Every day they would eat outside and like outside picnic benches, which to me, coming from Kansas City and New York, I was like, but where's the cafeteria? They just don't have a cafeteria. So what, where do they eat when it's, when it's raining? They eat at their desks. Oh, and I think oh. they get a kick out of that yeah, too. Yeah. Fun. So yeah, everybody's handling it. Although, as we all know, LA um, drivers uh, <laughs> do not do well in the rain. So that's, that's an issue. Traffic has been a little bad on some of these days, but it's so worth it because now, um, we have all this beautiful scenery. It's my mother-in-law always quotes her mother saying, "Ah, what nature is." <laughs> mm -hmm. So I feel like I must say that. Ah, what nature is. It's beautiful. Yes. And that's it for this episode of Happier. Remember to try this at home. Plan a surprise date. Let us know if you tried it, if it worked for you, who you planned your surprise date with, what you did. It'd be fun to know. Special thanks to our guest, Susan Kane for a fascinating conversation about introverts. And thank you to our producer, Kristen Meinzer, who describes herself as very much an extrovert. Thank you to Laura Mayer, who is a proud introvert, and Andy Bowers, who is also an introvert. Get in touch. Gretchen's on Twitter at Gretchen Rubin, and I'm at Elizabeth Craft. Our email address is podcast at GretchenRubin.com. And if you like the show, please be sure to tell a friend and hashtag tripod and subscribe to us on iTunes. And talking about podcasts and listening speeds and checking out new podcasts, I would be very curious to hear what you're doing while you're listening to podcasts. So if you feel like it, just hit us up. Let us know. Are you exercising? Are you cleaning the house? Are you commuting? Are you coloring? A lot of people have said they color um, while they listen to podcasts. And I have a new coloring book, by the way, which is coming out. Um, I'll put a link to that in the show notes. I'm just curious, like, what, what are people doing while they're listening? 
Until next week, I'm Elizabeth Kraft. And I'm Gretchen Rubin. Thanks for joining us Onward and Upward. If you've ever been in the market for a new home, you know home shopping can be a lot. There's so much you don't know and so much you need to know. What are the neighborhoods like? What are the schools like? Who is the agent who knows the listing or neighborhood best? And why can't all this information just be in one place? Well, now it is on homes.com. They've got everything you need to know about the listing itself, but even better. They've got comprehensive neighborhood guides and detailed reports about local schools. And their agent directory helps you see the agent's current listings and sales history. Homes.com collaboration tools make it easier than ever to share all this information with your family. It's a whole cul-de-sac of home shopping information all at your fingertips. Homes.com. We've done your homework.